All right, guys, we're here and we're talking football. You heard our top 10 plays in the NBA bubble, but now we're going to talk about the top 10 plays in the NFL. Really hard narrowing down the, the top 10 with quarterbacks, defense. We're going to hear my takes, lose takes, Kev's takes. I'm going to come in at 10 and I'm going to start off with defense because the defense doesn't get enough love. Before I come in at 10, though, I really, really, really want to shout out the offensive linemen, Quinton Nelson and Zach Martin, because these guys were so hard to leave off the list. They definitely deserve it, but offensive line doesn't get that recognition. Lou will follow that up later on. But at 10, Jamal Adams, we just heard his name in the news being traded to Seattle. I think that's a great move for them, getting their safety with Bobby Wagner on that defense. Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl team and is ready to contend again. And I think Jamal Adams is an absolute beast. They're going to ask him to be a ball hawk. They're going to ask him to rush the passer. Whatever he's asked, he's going to excel. And he is the best safety in all of football. He's my 10. Yeah, man, Steve, he's actually my honorable mention, dude. I, I just want to see how he does in Seattle, even though I do think it's a, a match made in heaven. But I, at 10, I have the hands-down best tight end on the planet. It, it's George Kittle. The guy's an absolute wrecking machine in the passing game, and he's easily the best blocking tight end with that skill set, man. He would not even, uh, I mean, the 49ers would not even be close to the Super Bowl last year if he was not on that team. And he has really become the safety net for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I attribute a lot of Jimmy's success to him. So he is my 10. Wow, Lou, when you said the hands-down best tight end on the planet, I thought you were talking about uh, one of the Toro brothers, but uh, I, could see what you, I could see what you mean with George Kittle, too. <laughs> but uh, to jump into my 10, um, I also have an offensive guy. I have the wide receiver that resides in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's Julio Jones coming in at number 10 for Kevy's List. Wow, Kev, Julio. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anyone better than him, but I love it. <laughs> Fair enough, and I'm going to come in no bias at all on this pick. I have to have two running backs on my list, and I have them right in, right next to each other, but you'll hear the other one after. At nine, I have Saquon, running back like Saquon, right from the New York Giants, absolutely game-changing running back, generational talent, so happy the Giants got him. I know in, in this day and age in the NFL, spending a first-round pick on a guy like that for that position isn't really valued as a smart pick, but when someone demands the ball and has the skill set that Saquon does, rushing, receiving, breaking tackles, the home run ability, he really has it all. And I don't, I don't think that there's anything else I would ask for in a running back. I definitely think at one point in time he could be one on this list, but right now at nine, much love to Saquon. Yeah, man, there was definitely a ton of bias in that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, no, I could see why you put Saquon in there. I mean, he's phenomenal. And hopefully they can get that guy some help because uh, he really needs it. <laughs> that dude's a home run machine. But at nine, Steve, I have Michael Thomas. I mean, what else? What, what, you can't guard Mike. That's all I'm going to say. You really can't. <laughs> you can't guard him, Lou. That's true. You, in fact, cannot guard him, much like you cannot guard Kevin Sinatra on the basketball court. But oh, we'll stick to football. And at number nine, I actually have three defensive players in the list, on this list, which might surprise some people. Number nine is one of them, and I feel like it's a guy people 
a lot of people may not have in their top 10. It, it, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm a huge fan of this guy, and I think he's the only reason, sorry, Anthony Holman, that the Chicago Bears are even relevant, and that's Khalil Mack. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I didn't even think of that. That's a great pick. Oh, Holman is not going to be happy with you, but no, Khalil Mack is definitely a name that can be on this list. Uh, his sack number dipped a little bit last year. But but that's okay because he's still very dominant. We we know the trade that happened with Khalil um, and, and I definitely think that that defensive unit can be very elite, extremely elite, depending on how that offense is in Chicago. But coming in with my next one, at a I have CMC. Have to keep CMC and Saquon right there. We know the year that McCaffrey had last year, what he could do rushing, what he can do receiving. The same things that we say about Saquon, we could say about CMC. But he has done them in extremely crazy conditions. Last year, we, we saw what the Carolina Panthers were like. The whole team was kind of beat up, but he was there carrying them throughout. You know, we're talking about a guy that was touching the ball at least 35 times a game and was taking it without a problem. So much respect to CMC. Going to be a lot of people's first picks in fantasy football coming this year. Yeah, Steven, that McCaffrey's my seven, not to spoil it, but I have Julio at eight. Uh, again, I, I think he's the best receiver on the planet, does everything, best hands in the league, in my opinion, jumps up for it, great route runner, has absolute burners like young Sinatra coming off to the uh, lefty sweep left in uh, Coach <laughs> Paz's playbook. But yeah, that's my uh, eight and seven right there, Julio and then McCaffrey. Oh, Lou, I'm dying at that one. Uh, but, lefty uh... sweep left, uh, lefty sweep right this time. Uh... It was all about the bootleg left pass, Lou. That was the bread and butter. But my number eight is a guy who is going to be, you know, pretty interesting to watch this year after the trade that just went down and him now having a new quarterback, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. I think, you know, Arizona, you know, has always been that team that has always had at least one or two stud wide receivers. Obviously, they had Larry Fitz, you know, Anquan Bolden back in the day, but but D-Hop is one of those guys, you know, I mean, he's just, he's one of those top three receivers that is just really hard to guard. And I think with a, you know, athletic quarterback like Kyler Murray and, you know, the running back kind of plateau they have and just their offensive line, everything. I mean, I think this is going to be a team that D-Hop can really thrive on. Like Again, given Kyler Murray can get him the, the football. We love that for you. Uh, he just barely missed my list, D-Hop. I do need to see how... um. He messed with Kyle Amari, but I agree, Kev. He, he, he will produce no matter what. It's just to what level. No, D-Hop is nasty, and I wish he could have been on my list, but can't have too many receivers on there. But coming in with a receiver at seven, it's Michael Thomas. And I only have two, and you guys can take a wild guess at who the other um, wide receiver is. But Michael Thomas deserves to be on this list after the year he had last year. I mean, 149 catches, 1,700 yards. If you can't respect the stats, the numbers there, whatever the offense is, whoever he's playing with, whatever his role is. I mean, you all you can ask is someone to go out and, and ball out like that. And Lou, you said it. You can't guard Mike, and it's just that simple. You can't guard him. No, it's not absolutely going to be possible. And you guys know my seven already. So I'm going to jump right to six, and um, it's with hands down, no questions asked, no debate. It's in the Bible, the commandments, the Torah. Quentin Nelson is the best O-lineman on the planet, and Big Q is my six, man. We're all ready. He's the only reason the Colts uh, were decent last season on the offensive line. He's so good. He pancakes everybody. He is an absolute nightmare, and he's still only, I want to say, 25, 26. If that, man, come on. 
Big Q's Pancake House is open. Lou, we love that for you. Love um, that for me. Steve, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to jump in with my seven and six as well. At my seven, and it's my second defender on this list, and the guy I kind of took a lot of backlash for in my uh, in my all-time NFL defense, and that's Stephon Gilmore. I mean, I think he's, you know, hands down the best cornerback in the league. I think he's one of those guys that literally can guard anyone. And, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's hard to, you know, leave him off the list, especially after the year he had last year and the expectations going forward. And at number six, I have a guy who I'm sure is on most people's list. He may be a little bit higher, I would assume, maybe could be a little lower. But I think he's right around that four to six. And that's Lamar Jackson. I mean, he would be a little bit higher, but I just I really do have to see more from him in this upcoming season before I can put him in that top five tier. All right, Kev. I have Stefan Gilmore on my list, so I'm, I'm not going to backlash you for this. But listen, Stefan Gilmore is not a top five greatest cornerback of all time. Not yet. He can get there. I have a lot of respect for him. He's easily the best corner in the NFL right now, but definitely got to slow your roll there, talking like a biased Patriots fan. And we can't have none of that, right, Lou? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank both, your you. Team, both your teams are poop. <laughs> oh, that's wild. They're both better. No, I can't even say that right now. We're going to see. Kev All of our teams are in the same boat right now. No <laughs> one knows. But Nobody's uh, safe. Steph- Stephon Gilmore can definitely lock up any opposing receiver. Uh, he's going to go out there. He's going to talk the talk. He's going to walk the walk. And he's going to ball out. I thought it was a great sign for the Patriots when they got him from Buffalo. I thought it was going to be a steal. And he was, he was someone that a lot of people didn't even learn about. So, so I'm happy he's getting the respect now. Uh, you guys both hopped in at six, and I'm going to talk about the biggest threat that Stefan Gilmore would ever have to face, and that is Julio Jones. Lou, I know you rave about Julio being a, a top receiver all the time. He definitely is. I definitely still think that Jerry Rice is above him um, since we were just on the all-time topic. But when Julio is all said and done, he's going to be one of the most dominant. I mean, he's right up there with, with one of the most single dominant performances I've watched in a game, along with Calvin Johnson. I mean, they dominated the game in a very similar way. You just know that Julio is going to go out there, and he's at least getting 1,400 yards every single year, whether he's hurt or not. The touchdowns might not be there because he's always getting covered over the top, but whether it's a ball in the sidelines, a contested catch, whatever it is, Julio, he, he's a different species. Yeah, there we go. That's it. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted from everybody. He's the best. It's okay. But nah, at, at five, I have Stephon Gilmore. I mean, best corner in the league, man. is shut down, plays in any system on any team. Absolute specimen at that position. Um, and with the head to shoulders, the best Pats player now. I don't know who's, t- who's second, Matt Lacoste. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but Stephon Gilmore is an absolute manimal, and I, I, I would literally give my, my left pinky to have him on the Colts. Lou, uh, you would give your left pinky to have Joe Schmo from down the street on the Colts, so uh, let's slowly roll that pal. But uh, at my number five, I got, uh, like Lou would say, can't guard Mike, Michael Thomas. I mean, I think he's definitely the, the hardest you know, receiver to guard in the NFL right now. Definitely a toss-up for the best, like we talked about with Julio and and even DeAndre Hopkins. You know, all those guys are really the elite tier. But, I mean, I think right now Michael Thomas, number five, he's right in that top tier of of receivers and top tier of players in the league, I think. All right. I'm going to jump in with this. Anthony, before I do, I love you because I have to have Lamar Jackson at four. I have two quarterbacks above him. 
and I have one defender above him. And the reason why I have Lamar at four is because he just doesn't have that dog yet. He's still young, and that's okay that he doesn't have that dog yet. But when Lamar Jackson can take over a game, passing in the playoffs in all conditions, and there's nothing else that we can possibly say that we need to be proven otherwise, I mean, we're talking about someone that's already an MVP and he still doesn't even realize the things that he can do with his arm yet. I mean, I think the Ravens set him up for success more often than not and a lot more than other quarterbacks get set up for success around the NFL. He's changing offenses, he's changing the game, he's changing playbooks, and he's changing defenders. So he can definitely be argued to be number one on this list. But as soon as Lamar Jackson gets that dog, it's going to be a different animal, but I have to keep him full here. Yeah, I have him at four as well, and I'm going to be a little more unapologetic towards our Big Tone. Shout out Big Tone's album of the day on Instagram. But yeah, no, no, he, he is not the best player in the league. He, he will never be better than Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. I will give you that. But he is the fourth best player on the planet. He's unbelievable with his legs. Like you said, Steve, they have to change so much for him, and he takes up so much attention from the defense and from the game planning that he is a specimen, and he does not get hit. That's the biggest difference between him and every other running QB we've seen in a long time is he does not get hit. How long will that last? I don't know. And can the Ravens learn how to play from behind is something we need to see. But, man, he's an absolute freak, and he's just a lovable dude. Like, you can't not like the guy. Yeah, I'll be the third one to shout out Big Tony. Big Tony, we love you here. It's in the sandbox. You're, you're a savage. Um, but to jump into my number four, and it's actually my third and last defender on my list. I only have one running back and two quarterbacks above him. But that's Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald's one of those guys that – literally can dominate, you know, on the defensive end of the football, which is hard to do. And I think, you know, year in and year out, he just goes out and balls. I mean, not much to say about Aaron Donald. We all know what he does. But I think, you know, he's definitely a top five player in the NFL and can definitely be one of those guys that take over a game defensively, which, like I said, is, is very hard to do. All right, Loom. This, this is where we get real here, right? I got to put Russell Wilson third. So that means – I got Aaron Donald and Patrick Mahomes right above him. It's okay. That's yeah. okay. As long as I was going to say, if there was another QB in between those two, we'd have a problem. <laughs> but there's not. No, I have to go in that order. Um, first, let me just jump in with Russell Wilson. I mean, I think he's proved everything to us from as far as being someone that wasn't supposed to be, you know, a successful NFL player as a mid-round pick um, and just excelling to the extent that he has in setting – the limits that he has. I mean, we're talking about someone that hasn't had a losing season that was extremely doubted for not being able to see over an offensive line, not being able to throw a football, not being able to run the football and stay healthy. He's proven everyone wrong, and there's no reason to doubt what Russell Wilson can do. Um, I know a lot of people toss his name around otherwise because, you know, he's not going to get you the the fantasy points or, or, or all that stuff. But when it, when it comes to leadership, decision-making, and someone that you would want in that moment, there is not too many people that you would want other than Russell Wilson. And I think only more success is to come for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to go with my top three now. Um, Steve, I have Donald at three. Uh, he's, again, the, the best defensive player of the we might have ever seen Steve in our generation. I don't think that's an exaggeration by any means, no? No, I definitely don't think it's an exaggeration. And, and I honestly think if we're having this conversation now, it's really hard 
Um, but but in a couple of years, you know, when Aaron Donald is all said and done, hopefully, you know, he can get a, a Super Bowl or two in his career. We we can arguably talk about one of the best defensive linemen in all of NFL history. I mean, there's definitely debates out there with with different guys all over the league. We did our um, defensive rankings um, that we talked about previously in this episode, and I definitely don't think that the stats and the the coverage in the lineman that that he demands um I don't think that's a crazy statement and that's why I have him at two the amount of sack pressure that that he can actually produce and how he can get after a quarterback um is unheard of for an interior defensive lineman um and and Lou I I know you definitely agree with me on that physical specimen a force of nature but at two I have the other Super Bowl MVP Mahomes again there's not much more you could say about him he's unbelievable but Russell Wilson's the best player on the planet. I will die on this hill. I need to see another QB besides Tom Brady and Russell Wilson that have bad old lines like that, have tight ends in Will Disley, who was a defensive player the year before. Tyler Lockett was a punt returner, and DK Metcalf dropped in the draft because he didn't have hands. And still somehow Russell Wilson is the best player currently living today. Well, Jerry Rice is alive and Tom Brady's alive, so not GOAT-wise, but, dude, Russ is a phenomenal player. Um, and, Steve, like you said, he's never had a losing season, and he may never uh, go Hawks, but go Colts first, but go Hawks second. Who pats? Uh, screw, the, screw the Hawks and the Colts. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll jump into my three, two, and one, and I think the guy at three that I'm going to have is, is probably going to shock you guys, but you guys know I'm an offensive guy, and I think, you know. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Credit. Let me guess. Ezekiel Elliott. No, no, never, never. No, so really, I thought you were a big Zeke. Go- no, I'm not a big Zeke guy, but uh, but I'll jump into it. So at number three, I got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I know he's still young, and you know we still have a lot to see from him. But like Steve said, I mean, this was a guy going out every every game and pretty much being like the entire Panthers offense. Like, I mean, I know Steve mentioned he had what, over 35 carries a game? I mean, just to go to compete like that and to do the things he did last season, you know, with that kind of offense, I mean, I think that just speaks levels for itself. And, again, I'm an offensive guy, so my, my top three are all offensive guys. But I think Christian McCaffrey can can be in the argument for, you know, top five. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's a story for another time, Lou. But, uh, but at number two and one, I mean, the top two. I got Russell Wilson at two, though, Lou. Uh, and I got Mahomes at one. I really do think, you know, you could flip-flop them. It, it it really comes down to preference. But, Lou, I do agree with you. I think how far Russell Wilson's come with, like you said, his offensive line and just the guys he's had on his offense, I think it definitely speaks volumes for, you know, not just his, his you know, skill, but, like you said, his leadership as well and just being able to win games and, and even win a Super Bowl. I mean, it definitely is an argument to make that he's still the best quarterback in the league. But I think Mahomes is just harder right now. I mean, he's fresh off a of Super Bowl. You know, he's getting paid. I think, you know, he's just he's just a little bit harder than Russell is right now. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, also, listen, let's not forget that Russ waited a full uh, relationship up to marriage to sleep with uh, Shakira. So that's also a testament to that man. Sierra, not Shakira. Oh, is it Sierra? Yeah, Sierra. Oh, yeah, she used to date Future. Oh, that's why they can't play Future in the locker room. Oh. Yeah. Either way, he waited all that time. Well, let's keep this PG and let's, let's get back to football. Uh, and now one, I got to have the guy 
Patrick Mahomes, the new face of the NFL. You guys have heard me continuously say this, and I hope that we continuously see improvement from Patrick Mahomes. I do think that there are many ways that he could still get better, and I feel like that's the scary thing. Him being so young, him being taken care of, so handsomely compensated, definitely scary for a young player, definitely scary for a franchise to have that much of a commitment. But I think if there's anyone that you would put that long-term of a commitment to, um, would definitely be Patrick Mahomes. Lou, I know you agree as, as much as, as you love Russell Wilson, um, that, that you would, if you were the Colts, you would lock him up just like that. Oh, 100%. Great contract. Absolutely. He would. I, he, as soon as I saw what he did his rookie year, I would have forced him to sign it. I wouldn't because we want Cam. We want Cam. We want Cam. Dude, he has worse knees than you. We want Cam. After all the opt-outs, the Pats aren't even going to be able to pull together five wins, regardless if Cam's the quarterback. They, they lost three defensive starters already. We'll see. We'll see. Matt Lacoste. Bill's up to something. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's up to Trevor Lawrence in the following year, kid. And Bill we trust. Well, guys, before we wrap things up this episode, we're going back to our donations, and we're shouting out three special people. First, we have to shout out the one, the only, Nikki Ocean, Nick Corielli for the $20 donation. Then we also have to shout out the lovely the beautiful Danielle Elliott, and the one, the only, Nana Toro, Deborah Toro, making a big donation to Since the Sandbox. We appreciate you guys. You guys are big supporters. But that wraps things up for this episode. Make sure you guys continue to tune in. Make sure you guys go and enter to get your crew neck. Leave us that written review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure it's five stars. Since the Sandbox, we out. Not five, I don't want it.